This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, and we're back with a second podcast of the week, this one not about international rugby, that one's already in the feed, if you're expecting that, go listen, it's there already, this is our midweek domestic podcast, the famed MWDP, as we discuss all matters domestic rugby, Uh, and uh, I'm in the uh, Rugby Dungeon with JB. Hello Tim. And uh, down the line from the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container is Phil. Hello, hello gentlemen. Hello. Now we uh, we had a chat on the on the international podcast about the the kind of standard and quality of rugby. Um, it is what we were talking about with, you know, t- sort of quite tight kicking affairs and maybe a lacking a little bit of class and skill. Do you think that's being seen across the board a little bit, and it could potentially be rustiness or even the conditions and the weather? What do you think? Yes and no. Certainly yes for some teams. Sadly, the teams which I happened to watch this week, uh, it definitely applied to them. But looking at some of these scores, I mean, there are some huge scores that have c- come through this week, and that is not through kicking. Uh, correct. And probably the most notable performance uh, of attacking intent came from Harlequins. Yes, it did. Wow. Uh, <laughs> who were spectacular against maybe a questionable defence from Northampton Saints, who had nearly 50 points put on them at home, which is uh, worrying when you've just signed your director of rugby, who's had uh, an underwhelming couple of years to a longer-term deal. Maybe not the best time. Yeah, yeah that they haven't won at home since... Not this calendar year. I don't think... I, don't, I'm, I was going to say, I'm not sure it's this calendar year. No. Uh, or, or, or it's early this year anyway it's something like nine or ten straight defeats at home well do you remember when you know which is unheard of for franklin's gardens people stopped showing up and this is towards the end of the jim mallander reign and then of course chris boyd comes in and he does a very good job they reach the playoffs and w- win the anglo welsh cup or whatever it's uh, the thing the premiership cup yeah whatever that thing is they win that um and it's looking better <sighs> I don't know. I I do not think they're nearly as bad as this score suggests. I don't even think they're as bad as their winless home record suggests. But that's a that's a difficult argument to make. I mean, they've, they've got all the pieces. I don't I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah, I I I really don't. All I know is there is something fundamentally wrong because they've got they've got the talent. 
Yeah. Like last at the end of last year when we were looking at their they, they made the mistake of playing the one A side and the one B side. But you were looking at the teams that they were putting out, and the one A side and the one B side were both good sides, albeit with a question mark over their type five for the scrums. Besides that, they are good teams. Um Where's and... Nairavoro? He's not Dunno. playing. What's going on there? He is out of form. I mean, I can just confirm he is out of form. I don't want to go too much into it, but he's just not playing well, and the people inside the team know that. They do struggle to get over the game line. I mean, that is uh, that is their problem. Their, their rugby ability is unquestionable. And it's interesting. In this game, when they started playing well, it's when they came through the middle. And uh, what's the big second row called? Pronounce his name for me. Ribbons, Rutini, Rutini, Yawara. Yeah, he just cuts straight through the middle. That's what they need more of. Uh, it's it's difficult, but they need to get over the game line. That is the fundamental thing which they're missing. But, yeah. And by the way, they've got two. They've got great coaches too. I mean, yeah, they do have great coaches. Sam Vesti is one of the best attacking minds in the Premiership. They just need to get over the game line. Uh, I would one player. I would. Uh, he didn't start this weekend, but just the, the difference when you watch Northampton now. Do you remember how much we were talking about and how excited we were getting about Rory Hutchinson? Yes. Just mm. how class he was with the ball, how incisive he was, how creative he was. And it's just stifled. I don't know whether it's just the platform isn't there. Well, and it's as simple as that. Or I don't know. I'm not I'm not blaming it on him, by the way. I'm just saying that that is... Sounds like you are. No, that is... <laughs> his, his, the fact he's not playing with that same languid fluidity, it, spe- it just speaks to the, well, it's same as the way the team's playing. Same as everything... In rugby, it's a game about bullying other people. If you're getting bullied, you can't play. You know, it's same as MMA fighting. You know, if um, if you're to go close to the mic, so, that's all right. Let yeah, me get get back in your. Yeah, let uh, me just assume my normal position. Yeah, there you is, go. That's bad. Uh, there we go. Paint me like one of your French girls. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um, MMA or one of the fighting sports, which is you know, if you're getting punched in the face over and over again, you're unlikely to be able to execute your skills. That's exactly what is happening to Northampton. They're getting overpowered and overwhelmed. Worryingly for them, though, I don't think Harlequins particularly overpowered them. They 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 outplayed them rather than anything else. Yeah, well, well, let's be positive on on Quins then. Yes. Yeah, I I was going to say, um, I don't expect this Quins team to overpower a huge number of teams this season. But what they can do is they can really play. Um, Marcus Smith is just sensational isn't he and it looks like he's found a good partnership with um esther hazen who will punch holes and punch a beautiful hole with an offload for marcus smith's twinkling try and also he's got the the experienced heads of of brown and care um outside him and inside him to to keep him on the straight and narrow um and if they keep playing like this they'll be all right can i just speak up for Mike Brown was absolutely class. And I, I'm still convinced he's the best English fullback. I know he's 35, whatever now. He's absolutely how, how class. 35. Danny, 35, Kerr, yeah. Danny Kerr was absolutely class. Those two those two experienced guys doing exactly what Quinns would want those two guys to do in that team. They were so good. And Andre Esterhazen, he gives that team an identity. And... You talk about the Quinns can play. Yes, they absolutely can. But in a, in the way that sometimes Manu Tuolangi uh, can uh, can do, 
He's very uh, Andre Esterhazen is very presence on the pitch, just creates space for other people. Yeah, he's a focal point, isn't he? He's uh, he's like a more dynamic Jamie Roberts for um, for uh, what do you call it? Uh, Mark Smith. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, Smith is so phenomenally talented. I mean, it's hard. What is he? He might be the most naturally gifted of of all the tens available to England. You know that doesn't mean he's the best, but he's probably the most naturally gifted. Hey, we could be talking about him ten years from now, the Maradona of rugby that we couldn't answer on the on the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, he would do more. I mean, he's such a clean cut, nice, nice young man from the outset. It wouldn't really harm him too much to get into a bit of trouble now. You know, really carve out an identity. <laughs> did we did we not talk about sippers? In relation to uh, the Maradona rugby, we did. I, you just mm. there's just not. Sippers doesn't different... have that hard working class edge that Maradona had. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a different like, kind of trouble that Sippers gets himself into, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine Sippers playing for Napoli, for instance. <laughs> you know. So yeah, if Marcus Smith get into a bit more trouble, a little become a bit more edgy, yeah. that would be miss a few training sessions. I think he'd probably be a better player for it. So yeah, that, that's my that's my advice to all young tens actually. Start hanging out with Marlon Yard and Tiny Temper a bit more. Yes, perfect. Yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I exactly. It was what I liked about uh, Quinns, and conversely, what we're not seeing from Northampton is that they're playing the way you think about when you close your eyes and think about Quinns. That, that's how they were playing, and I really liked that. And yes, you're right, JB. They need to do the bullying and not have the hard edges when it's required but uh having that sense of identity and what you're about and uh and letting loose absolutely love that and yeah. it's, it's exactly what chris boyd brought to northampton when he first arrived that I tell you what, scott recapture scott baldwin's a good signing for quinn's too mm. he's he's underrated he's he's a good hard guy uh, i do wonder if quinn's maybe got a, well they were, they did well not to get completely derailed by um exeter because that's what t- uh, exeter do to teams they completely de- Derailed him. So yeah, really good, really, really good, good win for Quinns. Can, can, can we talk about Exeter? Actually, are they more dominant now than they were last year? Even without all those players, and even just a few weeks after I, I, finishing a season. I mean, this is mind-boggling, isn't it? This is utterly mind-boggling. They've they've, get, they've absolutely beat down Bath. I yeah. Mean, now, I, I, I've I've only watched the highlights of this, um, but it looked like it was a thorough, thorough bullying. Like, the scrums that I saw, Exeter was smashing them, the rooks, the malls, the pick-and-goes, it was just a, a total, total destruction of that Bath pack by the Exeter pack. Demor- I mean, demoralising for Bath as well, because that's what... You talk about identity, that's that's their identity. They do. They, yeah. they, they want to be the team that does that to other people. Well, they've got an, they've got an English front row, as in England-capped yeah. front row. It's it's uh, remor- it's a remarkably poor performance. This, Bath are my team to get into top four. I'd say maybe fourth behind Sale and Exeter and whoever else it is. But you know, Bath are right up there. So far, they've been absolute garbage. I mean, hot garbage. Um, they they didn't look interested against um, Newcastle, Newcastle, and Newcastle punished them. And uh, three points, three points. I, I mean, I get it. Then they're not spending any money. They're well underneath the salary cap. Um, oh no, none of those things are true. <laughs> none of those things are true. Uh, they've lost one player, two players to internationals, right? Falatau, who didn't play much last year at all, and, and Underhill. 
Is there anyone else I'm missing from that? Who, sorry? So, uh, Falatau, Underhill. Uh, oh, JJ, obviously. JJ, obviously. Yeah, uh, okay, Watson. so they're all losing four. But they've got McConaughey, De Glanville, Cochrane Singer. <laughs> I mean, they've uh, got bad replacements. Yeah, Will, Will, Will Stewart, they're losing. Yeah, again, these, they've got the team. If they want to be winning the tournament, which I think with these players, they, maybe they maybe they can't. Maybe these are just the wrong players. Maybe they are the right players in a certain I, environment, but altogether, I, just it just doesn't work. I, I think the question is not on the players because I, I I think they've got a quality quality squad with or without their internationals. The questions for me is whether Hooper, who was um, he was hands hand picked and um, he's been kind of groomed for this position whether it is the right decision at all. But yeah. it, they look to have turned a corner with Neil Hatley coming in and they've got all their ducks in a line and they were looking pretty ominous. I mean, people talk about Neil Hatley like the second coming. Uh, people who have played for him. So, uh, in fact, your, your brother's worked with Neil Hatley, right? Uh, he played with him. Oh, Irish. Uh, Irish. Yeah, so, I mean, he. I'm not just saying, I'm not making this up. He's incredibly well, well-liked and well-thought of. In fact, you don't get as far as him coaching with England unless you know, you're that kind of individual I'm with you Tim I thought that they turned the corner but this is unacceptable I yeah. mean this is a defeat where you mustn't have tried I don't care what anyone says you mustn't have tried but you look look back at the end of last season their last two games they went to Saracens Saracens playing a second team really because it was um, slap bang in the middle of the Europe um, campaign for Saracens um, and Bath just needed a result and they couldn't get it. They then got through to the to the knockout stages of, because of sales um, troubles and the scoreline was almost the same playing Exeter in a game that really meant something, the semi-final of um, the Premiership. So it's not, this is not just like snuck up on them. The last four games have been, well, dreadful by their standards. Yeah, you're right, actually. I wonder, is it a mindset thing? Do they believe that they're better than they are? Or do they only like playing out of a certain pattern or a certain way? And if they get disrupted, there's got to be something. I, I, I mean, I I know this, this, this is a good pack, this Bath pack. And they will back themselves to be physical. And they, they've done it. They did it last season on a number of occasions. They were physically dominant. And they've come up against a pack where they are not getting physical dominance. And they just don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, and their backs play like their backs play like they, like they want to be Harlequins, and maybe they can do that if their forwards get you know go well up front. Maybe, maybe that's it, and maybe they're just playing the best team at beating people up in in the league, which is Harle- which is um, European champions Exeter. Yeah, it was... but then we saw it against you know we saw it against Newcastle too, didn't we? We saw utter capitulation, people running away from contact. Or just not wanting to be there, you know. So I, I, I struggle with that one too. And um, from from Exeter's side, it's, it's hard to say anything um, negative at all. In fact, there's nothing negative you can say about them. They, they just march on continually. Um, Sam Simmons, another two tries, making it five from two games. Fantasy in the, rugby in, draft dynamite. Who has him in, in fantasy rugby draft? My brother picked him up. Uh, oh, Nick oh. picked him up second pick in the draft someone else had a pick above him and they went for 
semi Randrandra, and when ridiculous, I just thought, what are you doing? I, I couldn't believe Sam Simmons wasn't number one pick. Because um, I, I did have a chat with my brother earlier in the day. He said, "Who would you pick first? I know you've had conspiracies about me and him in, in cahoots, <laughs> but he did say, "Who would you go first?" And I said, "You won't get him because he'll be first pick." But Sam Simmons. But no, yeah, I believe that. But yeah. yeah, semi semi should only miss one more game, really. So that he should then be for the rest of the season. But yeah, Sam Simmons already looks like uh, by far the best player, the best pick. And in the real world, he's just a ridiculous, uh, ridiculous specimen. Yeah, it's nice for England to have him in reserve, like reserve, reserve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many, how many players have to go down injured before he gets called up? Well, maybe Dave Ewers, Don Armand, uh, those guys too. L- Ludlum, another Wait, Curry. Ludlum, another, Earl, so he's got Ludlum, Earl, Willis, Dombrand uh, based on the last squad as well. Yeah, um, then a, a, a second Curry, a second Willis. Yeah, yeah, probably about six or seven people have got to get injured at the same time. Do you know what I think really cooked his goose? I like that saying. Where's it? I wonder where it's from. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think it was a game against France where they lost and he played at seven. And his ball carrying, he just got melted every time he went into contact. Now, I don't blame him for getting melted, um, but he did. And he's never recovered from that in the eyes mm. of Eddie Jones. Was he not playing eight then, though? Seven, I'm sure it was. He played eight against Italy. I don't know who, where he played against France. Yeah. I think Billy played too. I think Billy played and Sam Simmons. Because I remember it. It was, I remember it like it was yesterday, Tim. You loved that game so It was one much. of my favourite games. Um <laughs> Uh, France absolutely don't... Where were we? Oh, that's right. Madrid with 250 listeners. <laughs> Fancy forgetting that. Um, yeah, it was a marvellous <laughs> game. Marvellous game. But yeah, just look at Sam Simmons. I mean, Sam Simmons is obviously a great player. Played sevens. Um, a great runner. He's up against the guy who you would say is probably the best guy when it comes to being a running number eight. Uh, Zach Mercer. And just completely outshone him. So I'm, I'm looking at the game now. Um so it was 2018, March 2018. Do you know what position he played? Sam Simmons? Yeah. Sure, it was seven. No. So he didn't actually start. What? He so came he... off the bench. With Don Ormond? For Nathan Hughes. Uh, did Don Ormond come off the bench as well? He only uh, played in Argentina, Don Armand. No, Don oh, no, Armand. no, 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 he did. Oh, he, did pl- he did play in a Six Nations game, yeah. but I, not this one. Yeah. What, was it the one? Before? I'm sure he played this one. He played the he, year, put, he played the Super Saturday we, the year we were in Romania. I think no. he, I think Don, Don Armand played against Ireland. Yeah, in that, in that Super Saturday what, game. Well, when England lost, like, they were on for 10 in a row or something, or 11, like some stupid number in a row. The, the Super Saturday in Romania where... Uh, was it with a controversy with France Wales and England played Ireland and Don Armand was involved then? I think. Mm. I think. Might be wrong. Interesting. But in this game, anyway. So he he obviously then went to eight because the the other two uh, back rows were Courtney Laws and Chris Robshaw, neither of whom were going to eight. So Simmons yeah. played eight, and th- this is this is in my head what his failing has been that he has been seen as an out and out eight and. I just worry that uh, um, the highest level he's perhaps not big enough to to play eight. Certainly not if you're being compared to Nathan Hughes and Billy Vanapola. Billy Vanapola. But what about Ben both Earl, of whom are twenty kg heavier than him? Yeah, but, but then Ben Earl. Well, ben Earl's interesting because Ben Earl 
he does play in the other positions a lot more. He plays six, seven, and eight, and plays them at club level, whereas Sam Simmons only plays eight. Yeah. In, in my mind, they're one A and one B. They're the same player. They're both so fast, so strong, low center of gravity, but they're not 125 kg. Yeah. Hmm. Simmons, so, if Simmons plays one game for Exeter at seven, I think so, then he'd get called up. Yeah, what they do, ex- Exeter, it strikes me as they do this, and I don't, I don't know if this is on purpose or what, but they tend to not protect some Simmons, but they surround him with two enormous blokes. So because mm-hmm. you've got the two enormous blokes outside, and they, they did it as well with Kvezic. Kvezic in in no way is a seven, right? Sorry, no way is an eight, but eight. played a lot of eight. Yeah, for... when Simmons was injured. Yeah, so they put the seven at eight and then you know, had two enormous, presumably Zimbabwe heritage players. Yeah, it's a system thing, I guess. Um, I'll tell you what was a system thing, and clearly this is straight off of the training ground. And it's great when you see uh, moves from the training ground work in matches. I really love to see that. And so it was great to see that training ground move from Tom O'Flaherty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve Parrott, friend of the pod, assures us that that was a rehearsed training ground move. A hundred percent. I don't doubt it at all whatsoever. The old, Yeah, so you can imagine Rob Baxter, right, lads, getting the whiteboard out. Or Ali Heath would have done this, attack, attack, attack coach. Uh, Joe Simmons, cross kick. Tom O'Flaherty, volley it over the defender. And score simple. Well, to be fair, Brian O'Driscoll did it. Oh yeah, yeah. Brian O'Driscoll chipped over and volleyed his own chip, and then caught it and scored. Legend. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was, I, that was a hell of a try. That was um, by Tom O'Flaherty's standards. He scored some incredible tries. That was unreal. That was, yeah, that so, was incredible. So as things stand. Bath are at the foot of the table with one point joined by Northampton. I cannot imagine that is a situation that's going to last for long. Well, maybe it is. Maybe that's it. Maybe these are the two worst teams in, in, in the Premiership. Two games gone. Let's write off these two. Completely gone. <laughs> Done. End of. Perfect. No more. <laughs> so I had an idea, and obviously we didn't do it because we're not organised enough. But my idea was let's build a second 15. So get the first 15 of each one of these teams, discard them completely, and see who has the strongest second 15, because that will tell us who's going to go down. Because this is going to be such a monumentally hard year. I I really believe that. Mm. On that assumption, Bath are not going down, because Bath have just got two. Oh, God, no, no. I mean, they're 0-2 at the minute. They'll be all right. Of course. Northampton are not quite so straightforward a proposition, but they... but they should climb. I don't know where... I don't know... I'm trying to work out who's got the, the worst second 15 team. That might have to be Newcastle. But based on this week's result, I don't think Newcastle are going any, um, anywhere fast either. Well, on that basis, I'd say it's predictably Newcastle, Worcester, Irish, Leicester. But you would say Newcastle I, by some distance, no? And I, I would I would throw Gloucester into that. Just because of the number of players that they've lost and not replaced like with like, so in in multiple positions, their second team or second string players have become first string players. Yes, mm. that is true. Um, on Gloucester, do you notice that they didn't play Danny Cipriani? I did notice that. I, I did, and a hell of a win. And, Lo- and Lloyd Evans. Uh, the, again, I've only seen highlights of this one. He looked. Uh... He looked a threat 
in his own right, but, in the way that Sippers, we always you, you you would always think about Sippers as a as a fly half when he was a youngster coming through, that threatening the line, uh, taking a gap and taking some space himself, and, and Lloyd Evans did that. So I was chatting to a Gloucester player last week after we finished our podcast. I was like, mate, you must be gutted. Like, you know, it, it didn't go your way. And he said, no, actually, we're pretty positive. We thought that a lot of things happened which were unlucky, but we'll put it together and we'll go well. We, we, we're really upbeat from that performance. I was thinking, there is no way that... I mean, that just must be putting a, bro- um, a brave face on it because they lost against Leicester. But judging by that, I mean, Wasps... I mean, Wasps are not bad, and this is a good Wasps team. Yeah, just just on that, friend of the pod, Ollie Paul, put it perfectly when he said this week, Worcester beat Irish, who beat Leicester, who beat Gloucester, who beat Wasps, who beat Bristol, who beat Worcester. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> already, this is turning out to be quite a, an interesting <laughs> and very unpredictable season, except yeah. for Exeter. Yeah, yeah. that's the, 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 the only present. So, I mean... I, with two games in on, we really need to see more of these teams. But bloody hell, that's impressive by Gloucester. Billy Twelve Trees was absolutely awesome. Uh, not just because uh, fantasy rugby draft, just, just not just because he scored forty-seven points for my fantasy team. Oh, that's more than my entire team, probably. <laughs> it's not far <laughs> off, actually. <clears throat> I still lost my matchup. But anyway. uh, scores are going to recalculate, uh, Tim. Uh, I, I wouldn't wouldn't bank on it yet. Not enough. Not They're going to reset in the morning. Mm. Uh, not enough. Did you watch the Friday night game, the curtain opener? Yes. Now, this was one of the games, that, going back to my question at the start of the podcast, this was the, the game that I had in mind when I was talking about the, the quality and entertainment value of the games. This was pulling yeah. teeth. I mean... This is a dreadful game to watch. Great win for Newcastle and well played. Uh, yeah. I, I don't Fantastic need... win. Where do you even start? I mean... <laughs> You start with the positive. This game reminded me of that resilience that Newcastle had when they beat Montpellier and Toulon. Was it Toulon? They beat two French teams. Yes, yes, you're right. Uh, In in the European Cup. Yes. They won the first two opening rounds of of their Champions (sighs) Cup after they did really well in the league and got into the top four and then got panned, didn't they, in the the playoff semi-final. But then the next year they were in the Champions Cup and they won their first two games in it at home. Uh, That's right. Yeah, they did amazing. They did amazing things. They did really, really well. Uh, and they won in the dying moments, going for it, going for it. And uh, and they've they've clearly, albeit there's some different personnel there, they've still got that Dean Richards DNA of just being hard as nails and really tough and back uh, themselves. I mean, I have to say this loss was coming for sale. I honestly believe that uh, when you. There's only so much standing upright with the ball in one hand and trying to hand off other huge men in in the chest that, that you can do. And this, fundamentally, is the sale game plan. So when I heard that John O'Ross was not playing, I thought, that's bad. John O'Ross is amazing. John O'Ross is an incredible player, holds the whole thing together. But they're not really going backwards in what they do well. You know, their physicality is still going to be right up there, isn't it? You know, they just added an in 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 extra Dupree. And, you know, see what happens. I mean, that's not bad. By anyone's stretch, ha- um, having Dupree, Dupree and Curry in a back row is fine. But it was just too much of too much of the same thing. And I don't know what the missing ingredient was. A line-out. Oh, my God. The line-out was, yeah. Yeah, line was not good. Um, yeah, the line-out was terrible. Line-out for a start. 
That was it. Was it was absolutely awful. But they've got all these. They've got all these massive twenty stone lumps. They're not playing as a unit. But but, but that's how I looked at the, the the sale pack and went. I I I went their lineouts. Bearing in mind their hooker, brilliant player around the park, can have bad arrows. I looked at bad. the I looked at the locks and the back row and went. They are going to get cleaned out of the lineout. Who's jumping? I said this yeah. about them last year. I said exactly this about them last year. They are enormous men. And you watch them in training um, before the game, and they look like they struggle to get, to, to get off the ground. Now, uh, legitimately, you've got Dan Dupria and Ben Curry who will get off the ground. Dan Dupria and Ben Curry are not number one lineout jumpers no, not by any stretch. Cobus uh, yeah. Fisa... Uh, yeah, he's not enormous. Well, he is enormous. He's six foot five. But you know, as a primary lineout source, no, no. not at all. Since James James Phillips, no. Bryn Evans was holding that lineout together for a long, long time. Uh, they need to address. Uh, they need to address that. They need to manufacture space somewhere to get their big lads up to to go forward. Uh, I don't think they solve the, the, these lineout problems anytime soon, unless Lude gets back in the team, which will be, I think, March is his due date. Oh dear. Ooh. Yeah, uh, be, but that's one guy. They'll, they'll be, be all right. The, the one thing that surprised me about Sale, the, the one area where I thought, oh, they've got two people in every position that are absolutely class, but what's happened to their wingers? <laughs> uh, like Denny Solomona looks like a man. In the way that we talked about Naira Voro, out of confidence, Denny Solomona looks like he's lacking confidence. I think on the wingers, it's an interesting one. I, I just think the wingers aren't getting enough space. I have no issues at all with Hammersley, Luke James, or Solomona. All good players, just missing missing a bit of form. Newcastle got putting Marlin Yard on the bench, though. I don't. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. One hundred percent. I would say that um, Newcastle got into them. You, you know, they made them play in a way that the, a way that they're uncomfortable with. Even with that, Sale in reality should have won. The reason they didn't win this is because they left it too late, and it's the same as anything. If you don't make sure. Um, by putting more points on, on the board, you're always going to be susceptible. If you leave it to a one-score game and Toby Flood nips in, in the corner because two of your sorry, players... Sorry, sorry, that's disrespectful. You have to call him Taulupe Flood. <laughs> Taulupe Flood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they made a rod for their own back by not getting enough points on yeah. points on, on the board. But you're not going to get as many points on the board as you should if you don't have a line-out. But that said, how good was that try at the end? It was amazing. Death? It's amazing. I mean, Ben Curry's on the ground, someone else is on the ground, they're defending with 13, but that's your problem because you didn't go up by enough points. Yeah. That's completely your fault. It's nobody else's fault, it's your fault. So just it's just such a frustrating uh, loss for so many neutrals, neutrals out, out there. <laughs> but two from two from Newcastle, that's like, if, if it is going to be a, uh, a very competitive and topsy-turvy league season then you can imagine relegation may be what 35 points something like that yeah. Newcastle are nearly a quarter of the way there two Good games point. in um, I interviewed Gary Graham th- uh, this week he mm. is a Scotland's Scotland's Gary Graham Scotland's Gary Graham what an interesting bloke he is um, will that be on this feed or, on the, or the other feed Wh- whatever well, whatever you, so you might have it on here you might yeah. have it on Egg Chasers but I'll tell you what Funny bloke, mm. good interview. Uh, re- I'm actually quite glad that they won this because I quite like Gary Graham. But um, yeah, he, top he, Gary Graham, I don't know if he got the official man of the match. He probably should have been man of the match. I thought he was class. He's playing well, isn't he? Yeah. He's so physical. Is he, he He must have. I, I, last time he was in the Premiership, 
I can't remember him being this big and physical. He's bigger. He must have put on five kg or ten kg. Yeah, well, so, so I'll let you into a little uh, a little secret of what we were talking about. But he was saying he didn't. He only started the game when he was fifteen, and he moved up from playing from Carlisle and played for uh, one of the Scottish teams. Who's I can't remember who, but his dad was coaching at the time, and he was saying that in the Scottish regions or Scottish teams, they have a draft system, so all the pro players are allocated to all of the level below. So yeah. if they're not playing, they 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 That's drop right. down. And he's saying like, yeah, so Kellogg was playing against him. And he was 19. He's like, yeah, I can't, could not wait to get off the flank and try and smash Ali Kellogg. And I was thinking, this is exactly why you made it as a pro player and I languish at level eight. Yeah. Because I could not <laughs> think of anything I'd rather less do yeah. than try and smash Ali Kellogg. I, 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 when <laughs> I used to chat to my brother, it was exactly the same. I remember playing in like university varsity games, massive crowd. The like It would be the nighttime game, huge crowd. And... Remember my first year of that, I was bricking it. I was absolutely bricking it. Um, and but what, what I remember the day when Nick got um, called up by London Irish from Nottingham. They had a couple of injuries, and he he went on loan there for a month, and he got his Premiership start that weekend against Leicester. I was chatting to him, sort of thinking, oh, my God, I might have to nurse him through this a little bit. It was just like, oh, I'm absolutely buzzing. I can't wait. It's, I'm gonna be a- it's, it is a mindset. You're it, absolutely right. It is a mindset. I was like, bloody hell. You wanted to do what? To who? How? I, I, I couldn't think of anything worse. I 19 oh, I years old. Go, yeah. It, come on then, Callot. Yeah, fair enough. But he's so abrasive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was very, very good in this game. Yeah, And, 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 in, and in the Bath game. And he might explain oh in against Bath I thought he was superb. Um yeah. it might also explain one of the reasons that people are kicking. Because if he is your number eight, um I mean in this game they had uh, who's the seven? Collett? Collett maybe? Collett, yeah. But Newcastle could put out Will Welsh. They could put out Mark Wilson. Mark Wilson and they could have it him at eight. Who wants to risk having the ball taken off you on that plastic pitch by running it in aimlessly? You've got a kick. Yeah, but this was one of my frustrations at Sale was, I mean, there was a huge, huge number of kicks in this game. Yes. Um, They just seemed, both teams seemed like they didn't know what they were kicking for. And it was just kick a half-hearted chase, drop four men back, wait for the ball, kick half-hearted chase. and Yeah, it's a chasing which was disappointing. But I go back to this, uh, to the point, which I've just made, really, which is when the back rows are so dangerous. Mm. They're so yeah. dangerous. I, I don't know but, if the kicks were put spot on. I, I Faftaclerk has not been the Faftaclerk. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But but it's... So, Jay, I, I get that point. It's then you need some next-level thinking to say, OK, we're going to kick, but how do we want to kick? Do we want to put it on the ground? Do we want to bomb and get men under it to compete for it? Mm. Do we want to ping them back into the corner? little do nudge over the centres. Yeah, do we grubber? And there seemed to be, from neither team, there seemed to be any of that level of thinking and that level of like um, inquisitiveness to say, well, what we're doing is clearly not working. Can we try something else? And both were just hoofing it as high and as long as they possibly could. So does that speak to game. a... There was an interesting article in the rugby paper at the weekend. Um, 
where I can't, I think it might be Nick Kane. Anyway, his article, he was basically talking about, the, I think he described them as control freaks, which is quite a, an emotive way to do it, but just basically very, very controlling coaches. And he was leveling this accusation towards Eddie Jones and towards Steve Borthwick mm. um, as two examples of very, very controlling coaches. Steve Borthwick uh, said in a press conference in midweek, he interrupted a question and said, I'm not talking about players' fitness or availability or selection. You'll find out the team when I announce it. And I'm not answering any questions on it. Which I think ruffled a lot of people in the press because they're like... Because they're special. Well, no, no, because <laughs> I think they're going, no, that, that's... Mm, some, no. <laughs> some Peters wrote, 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 wrote an article. Something like... Uh, just if it was something like... Where where there's darkness, there's no accountability. And you know he has a point about the UK political process, but he wasn't writing about that. He's writing about rugby selection or rugby training. Well, what I would say is also that's it's quite a it's not recognising the symbiotic relationship that that the press, broadcasters, and rugby clubs have with each other when it this comes to promoting the game and to tr- just to try and go all, I'm not saying a word, shut up, I'll tell you, you'll know when you need to know kind of thing, and uh, I'm not answering any questions. I don't like, and Eddie Jones was also doing it, he was saying we shouldn't have to announce our teams two days before, we should do it, uh, we should announce Did a, he say a, squad. a squad, we should announce the squad, and then yeah. two hours before kickoff, we'll announce the team. Now, I'm, there are merits I, to that. I, I don't have a problem with that. There are merits to that, I guess my, my Nick Kane was just saying, making the point about how some of the biggest characters in the game in the coaching level are very controlling and I was trying to dovetail that back towards yeah. Phil's point about they're, they're sort of robotically kicking without the engaging the brain about but the reason why. I would say about Sale, they're not that team. I mean, they might have been in the past where, you know, they were threatened with relegation every year. Um, you know, every other year. Every other year, sorry, yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, needs must. But actually, this isn't that team. This is an exciting team which likes to carry the ball, which likes to play a bit. Uh, I can't really, I can't explain the performance to be honest. Yeah. Uh, mm. But Newcastle, absolutely, well, fair play and stuck in yeah. there, stuck in there. Yeah, and it reminded me a bit of the Newcastle that got to. They finished fourth, didn't they? Mm. Uh, three seasons ago, they finished fourth. Tell yeah. you what, Burrell's looking like a smart signing. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> I wasn't Fair either. Play. But brilliant. Two stone down, yeah. playing close to his, clo- closer to his natural weight. Almost, almost big Luth. Yeah, nearly oh, big, big Luth. Big-ish, big-ish Luth. <laughs> big game Luth. <laughs> yeah, too right. As much as a lot of neutrals didn't like watching Toby Flood go over. It Tal- was it. Tal- Lupe Flood. Tal- Lupe Flood. It, it, was, it was quite good to watch him go over. I mean, I thought these two were going to get absolutely battered by um, Van Rensburg. No, no, no part of it at all. It just shows, it just shows. You joke, you joke about Tolupe Flood. Do you know what um, Toby Flood's full name is? I do, but I can't remember it. It's something like... Toby's t- a middle name, isn't it? Like Toby not, Goodwin, something, something. It, Tobias, it's Tobias because it's German. Tobias, so he is. Uh, Tobias Gerald Albert Cecil Leven Flood. <laughs> Love it! Wow, he's saying like... again. Tobias sounds like Tobias, his name. Gerald, Gerald Albert C- Cecil Leven or Liven Flood. What? What do the letters? Is it like a? What is it? T G A C L F. It sounds like he's he's been named after 
every like every German capital ship of World War Two. <laughs> Fair play, Fair play, Newcastle. Well done. You're back yes. and against yes. all the odds. And they must be loving it as well because we didn't expect this. No. I Nobody know. expected this. They should. Have, I think they should have been on two losses. Who have they got? Yeah, who have Newcastle got to start their return to the Premiership? Uh, Bath away, sail at home. Oh, welcome home. Welcome Whoops. back. But next, they've got um, Wasps. Yeah, they've got Wasps. Out, and and yeah. Wasps got soundly beaten. They did. Yeah. They did. Uh, so... That would bring us on to Bristol, which I did not see, but depleted team. Uh, uh, no, what, what all we really need to talk about with Bristol is the prodigious talent of Johan Lloyd. In, um, yes. England's Johan Lloyd. Uh, unfortunately not, he's been capped, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Wales is Johan yeah. Lloyd. Wales is Johan Lloyd, what, and, and as he should be as well, because he's Welsh. But uh, there you go, go listen to the, the last podcast yeah. for me talking about English clubs developing uh, Welsh players for them. Wales being like the cuckoo. Of uh, of rugby, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll just, taking I'll, English I'll, jobs. I'll lay my eggs. Yeah. You look after it and raise it. I'm off. Exactly. Uh, taking English jobs, eh? Not so much. Not so much that. But what a what a talent that kid is at 19. He's, yeah, he's, he is. He's going to be good. No, he is good. Sir Charles, who? They can Max Malins, who? They can save a lot of money by getting rid of Charles. A lot of that money. would be a, a big saving. Yeah. Then they could spend it on loads of other worthless players. How many worthless players could you get for £950,000? <laughs> a lot. And it, I mean, this this pack, there's not a huge amount of stardust in this pack, but um, other than Johan Lloyd's twinkling feet, it was the pack that did the damage to Worcester. And it was a multiple driving wall and penalty tries. So that makes... Ground, ground it out. That makes no sense to me, because Andrew Kitchen was playing, and he's from a great family. <laughs> Just ask Alan Solomons. <laughs> I loved that so much. He's well he's well raised. I don't understand how this didn't go their way. Uh, oh, oh actually, weirdly enough, this was the this was the actual game, wasn't it? At Ciali Piertau. Oh was yeah, Andrew it was Kitchener. and Ciali Piertau was on the field again, so Andrew Kitchener and Ciali Piertau got to face off again. Oh my word. Imagine, imagine. Uh oh. <laughs> um And Kitchener did get a yellow card, didn't he? What? But I don't know what for, because I've only seen he the did. highlights. He, yeah, he did. I don't know what for either. But yeah, a good win for it, Bristol. It can't have been for anything. Um, <laughs> anything. Can't be. It can't be. His, his character as a human can't be called into question for whatever he got. <laughs> Peter was only trying to defend himself. He sees these brutes, six foot seven, Kitchener, coming for him. Yeah. Uh, well... A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's that, and... Uh, just, just on wasps briefly. Yes. Because 
they they got to that they got to the playoff final. We were thinking they would they would push on. Does does the manner of the defeat they had at the weekend suggest that maybe we, there's a slight question mark there, or do they just write that one off and go not to worry about because they because they got pumped pumped. The answer is I don't know because I've not seen the game. Uh, they don't look like they're missing a lot of players. Obviously, they're missing both their starting halfbacks, but Jimmy Gopert's no no mug. Uh, and also, it didn't seem to really matter who they played. That's the other thing about Wasps. So, you know, they would go with um, uh, Barbieri would start on his first game and get a hat-trick or something. Can, can we just get to the bottom of this? Right, so Bar- Barbieri. When he first Barbary? burst on the scene, I got told, I had uh, the way I had to pronounce it was Barbieri. But actually, now it's become Barbary, and just simple as that. So, but it's not well, Bar- he- it's not Barbieri. That's the Italian player was Barbieri. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> what does he say? That's a good question. I don't know. If if he says Barbieri, that's fine. Yeah. But thing is, did Jermaine Genus always was it Genus or Genus? Did he did he change that, or did we change that? Jermaine Genus. Genus. Jermaine Genus. Jermaine Genus. I'm sure it's Jermaine Genus when he's at Newcastle for the longest time. Mm. Only when he went to Spurs was it Jermaine Genus. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, for more hot Jermaine Genus news, <laughs> download, download, download next week. Do you, did, um, someone said Jermaine Genus is uh, or Genus Genus is uh, is hosting the one show. Is he? Is that right? I, I, I mean, be, that's the weirdest show ever, by the way. It, anyway, it's such a throwback, isn't it? From like uh, the seventies or like when you only had one form of entertainment and it had to appeal to absolutely everybody. Yeah, there was one episode recently where they had. Um, I was just flicking around. And I saw Dolly Parton on it. It was like, I mean, she basically funded the the vac one of one of the coronavirus vaccines. So she's you know not only like a superstar uh, musician and uh, and songwriter. She you know she's just. Casually saving the world in her spare time. How much? Uh, she, I'm going to say she didn't donate. She donated more to the vaccine than I did. Uh, it was like a million dollars, yeah, something it, like that. It, it was substantial. It was substantial. It? Anyway, so that's what she was on to talk about, and um, and they said we'll be back with Dolly in a moment, and then they went to some like first. Here's a little piece on beavers. <laughs> <laughs> it is. A, it is. It's just a, a complete throw. I was thinking of like terrible TV shows which they don't make anymore because, of course. If I want to find out stuff, I usually go on YouTube. But like, do you remember the shows like, how do they do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, who thought of these awful shows? Des Lynham did that. <laughs> Des Lynham, who was the other lady? So that, but the like, other lady. What you said about sorry, Des sorry, Lynham? Sorry. It was a lady. <laughs> the, the lady did it, and they do things like, yeah, you're right. It'd be weird. Like, how do beavers build dams? Followed by, how do Harrier jump jets land? As if you've got an audience that care about both <laughs> both those things. <laughs> How do they do that? I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, we should do a list of ter- ter- terrible TV shows. But you are right; um, the one show is weird. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge Jermaine Janis doing it. He's, he's one of the better pundits in sport, I would say. Certainly in football, he's very good at football. It, at least he gives an opinion occasionally, unlike most of the BBC lot. Oh, G- uh, Gary Lineker gives an opinion. Right. He's very opinionated <laughs> on Twitter about <laughs> Brexit, never about yeah. football. Well, well. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, so somehow we were talking about uh, beaver segments on the one show <laughs> <laughs> that Jermaine Jermaine Genius is uh, hosting. 
Anyway, <laughs> we, were, we were talking about wasps. I don't know how we got there. So wasps should be fine, I imagine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, of course they'll be fine. Wasps, wasps will be fine. Of course they'll be fine. They, when they get a few guys back, when they get Launchbury and Will Rowlands back, uh, they get Minotsi back, they have their first choice halfback pairing, they'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, just on them, I think the surprise was wasps went on a winning run playing second teams and first teams. And we kind of thought... I think maybe, well, maybe we thought, I certainly did, that no matter what they do, they'll come up smelling of roses. Maybe you can't do that every week in the Premiership. Yeah. Yeah. Am I right in saying that every home team won this weekend? No, Harlequins won. Oh, of course they did. Um, of course Irish, they did. Exeter, Bristol, Gloucester, Quinns, Five out of Newcastle. Now, this is... No, no hold on. We're Quinns... Quins were at home? No. Quins were away. Oh, Quins were away. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, five out of six. Anyway, but but hmm. what a way to Chris... Well, not what a way. A win. Great to christen your new ground with a win. That new ground looks cool, the Brentford Stadium. I don't like the seats, you know. I think it's a cheap trick, that. What do you mean? <laughs> Having them multicoloured really messes with my senses. So I first saw this, and I don't, I'm not sure if this is the first time it was done. But the first time I ever noticed it was in... A year, uh, whatever it was, where Greece, where Greece won the tournament, two thousand and whatever, two, four, two thousand and four. Yeah, so they beat the home team, Portugal. Yeah, and I'm sure Sporting had it in their stadium, which they had all the colours, uh, all the seats multicoloured, so it looks like it's full, and it just it just it it, it plays with you. I, I don't like it one bit. The seats should be one colour. <laughs> or they should be the team colours. But be honest be... about how many people you've got in. the Yeah, ground don't or lie to me. I'm not a fool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, part of it is that they're, it's Brentford Football Club, also part owned by London Irish. Yeah. It's not, this isn't London Irish squatting in the stadium or just paying rent to Brentford. This is a, this is a joint venture. But, so I yeah. think part of the seats was, if you look at it, it was red and yellow, which is, or I think red, white and yellow are Brentford's colours. Uh, well, certainly it's red and white, but I think their logo is a B. No idea, mate. So anyway, can't help you. Anyway, and and then and then London Irish. It, there was the green, and yeah, there was the, there was the green and the white for London Irish. So I think that this, it might be a clever way of having both of their colours of the two sides that will be playing there, whilst making it look aesthetically pleasing rather than uh. weird. So it might have been that. You'd have thought, wouldn't you, that you could both? No, I can't be bothered getting into it. Um, yes, I agree. <laughs> it's a nice stadium. It is a nice stadium. Um, the game was interesting, though. I thought the game was really interesting. Fundamentally, Leicester have two things going on for them. A monstrous sec- uh, back row, almost all from South Africa. Well, they were all from South Africa today. Liebenbrink and... Liebenberg, Brink and... Weiss. Weiss. And then they've got maybe one of the best uh, situational nines the Premiership's ever produced. And that might be enough to win a few games, actually. Uh, Good scrum as well. That's back. That's sorted. Yep, that looks yeah. much better. Everything else is garbage, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, what do you say? Uh, the London, London Irish are a... They're a reasonable team full of reason, reasonable talent. You know, they, they will win some, they'll lose some. When they started playing against uh, Leicester, uh, Leicester's a defence is completely at six and sevens. Um, the line out. I mean, the first line out. The commentary team was saying, you know, they are, you know, they've they've been drilling this. This is Steve Borthwick's thing. 
the second line out, they uh, 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 stole it with hardly anything. You know, hardly anything there. Um, you then look at that yellow card by Kobus Van Wyk. I think that is the most stupid thing I have seen in a long, long time. Not, not if you Phil. It got him a fantasy rugby draft win. Oh, did it? His opponent, possibly. His opponent, possibly. until the, until the scores reset. But I'm currently winning by about two points. Yeah, I'm going to say that Leicester Tigers were substantially better than I thought they were going to be. Substantially, i.e., they've got something to hang hang their hat on. Uh, i.e., a, a, a solid scrum, solid scrum. Enorm- enormous back row and a back row that can carry if you've got a back row that can carry you 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 could be in business and i think everything else is solvable so it i'm nowhere near as down on them as uh, uh, as i was but still i thought some of the things they were doing were so stupid <laughs> this is this is a good win for irish they'll be really pleased with with this grinding out not the prettiest just it was just the one try wasn't it the uh curtis rona Try, yeah, yeah. They um, nearly, which, which was nicely taken. Actually, it was great cutouts pass. Billy, Billy Meeks hitting a nice line, and then Curtis Rona hitting a nice line. Yeah, Billy Meeks needs replacing, and what I mean by that is having him at twelve. He felt like I felt like I was watching a twelve who would have been suitable playing the game about five years ago. He doesn't have the physicality or the presence. Yeah, he had some good moments. He had some good moments. Oh, and, he's very and, skillful, and he and he's been brought in t- to. Cover a couple of injuries. Yeah, he. Yeah, it's a short-term fix, isn't it? He's a thirteen, isn't he? Playing at twelve. Yeah, yeah. and th- I think that re- that 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 really showed up today. Um, what else did I think about this? London Irish's pack. They need an edge. Any edge would do fine. Uh, the only guy who plays Al- with real passion there is is Blair Cowan. Albert Tuisui is gave him a lot of. Uh, he was their main ball carrier last year. He's been. He's with Fiji. So. Oh, is he? He'll he'll be back. Yeah, I th- Blair Cowan is actually very good for them. But do you think he does too much? So he is obviously jackling doing all the seven stuff, but he seems to enter a lot of rucks in the nine position and then distribute the ball. And I'm not sure I'd be overly comf- overly mm. comfortable with my back row do- doing that. Mm. He, he did a lot of carrying as well. He did. Yeah. He did. He, his work rate was huge. He takes a lot of Which responsibility. I, I'd, I'd, never, I'd normally never request less but work rate from a back row. <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah a I, fair point. I would say this he looks like the one that really cares the most he does yeah he absolutely what happened does. to sean o'brien great question because he's, oh. he's in my fantasy team it wouldn't have made any difference mate you, you got absolutely hammered this week <laughs> it's embarrassing <laughs> yeah well I, that's, that's what happens when you pick when you pick put all your eggs in the sale basket it either goes incredibly well or incredibly badly yeah um <laughs> he, he just pulled out before the game which uh yeah well, we know Sean O'Brien's a bit injury prone, but the Irishman I would want to talk about, as as I have done b- before, and I'm just going to say it again, the best, well, certainly, definitely the second best, and arguably, in, you could argue, the best Irish fly half is Paddy Jackson. Playing well, isn't he? The difference he would make to that Ireland team is massive. Yeah, oh, no. Billy, Billy. It's all about Billy Burns. I like Billy Burns. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Billy Burns. Uh, I. I, he's, he's I, thought he, I thought he was good. I thought he, he kicked well. I, I'm not sure he controlled the game that. I, mean, I don't think he. I don't know. Bits of Irish's game today looked very, very fluid and nice. But they just need more up front. They need a lot more up front. Mm. Yeah, that'll be a weakness for him. I mean, I mean, they've got three international front rowers, which is has got to be worrying for them. It's Kepu, Creevy, and Alan Dell. Yeah, it's certainly worrying for their salary cap. Uh, and all, I mean, yeah. 
they get the, they get two the two big Australian second rows in soon. That 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 should be good. Yeah, they've, they've got talent there. I just think Irish are, and maybe it is a product of them being basically a new team, basically coming in for big paychecks rather than being developed through the system. That might account for why Blair Cowan plays so much harder than everyone else. But they just need an edge, and if they get that edge, I think they've got enough talent here to go, re- you know, much higher up in the table than we originally thought. Mm. I um, I like the new stadium. I like London Irish's kits, but something I, I I just can't get over when I look around the the absolutely horrific quality of the kits at the moment. Do you remember a few years ago when we talked about Golden Age of Stash? It being the golden age of of Stash. There are some horror shows. I uh, I mean the kit really sums up Leicester Tigers' demise, doesn't it? Um, and by the way. It comes to something, doesn't it? When that away kit is the better of the two options. Yeah, I don't mind the away <laughs> kit. Actually, actually it's I, th- I was I think that some people thought the colours was um, was to do a diversity thing. I actually think it's the I think I might mention this before the Diwali colours because of the local um. community in Leicester. I think it might have been. But anyway, I, don't I mean, mind. if it's that, they could do do go on better, couldn't they? And actually pick an in, pick an Indian player. I mean that that would be better than just uh, painting up their kit, but their kit is it's, it's decent. It's all that, right. It's the, actually ho- the home kit, horrific. Uh, one of the worst things I've seen. One of the worst. But they do this, don't they? Because they're they're so naturally blessed with their historic kit, which is so simple and so awesome that they feel the need just to test their fans as much as much as possible. So they did it a few <laughs> years ago with that awful cougar monstrosity, and as for this one, it it's it's unconscionable, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just so the sail kit's bad as well no it's not it is really what, bad what's wrong with the sail kit all those sharks all over the front the is... sail sharks mate what else would you put on there oh it's just it's no it's not good it's, it's work of art that. just looking at them now but sail sail have gone down that route haven't they of having less than classic kits in the same way that the extra third kit should be disgusting we kind of know you know the sail sharks kit needs to incorporate a novelty fin or a novelty shark somewhere because mm. that's what it does now they've all gone back gloucesters i don't like this year it's the dark red and the and, and the bright red it's weird it reminds two, two different reds it reminds me of wigan or someone like that it doesn't it's not i know wigan are red and white but yeah you are right it doesn't Oh, who am I thinking of? It's a rugby league team that look like that. But yeah, that's not quite right. The Irish kit is nice. It's got, all right. You, you got to be happy with that. Mm. Yeah, I like it. It's got. It, it reminds me of that. Um, do you remember when Hommel used to do the the classic eighties football kits? Denmark, uh, Denmark, yes. and uh, now the BT Sport team picked Bristol's stash as their favourite. Now I, I have a lot of time for BT Sport, as, as you all know, but they're wrong. Um, the, it's an interesting kit. Because it's meant to be something different, isn't it? And Bristol Bears don't have any real history in their Bears incarnation. Bristol Rib Club has loads of history, but Bristol Bears doesn't. So I think they can get they can get away with it. I don't with the players they've got. They can go. They can get away with going down the Stade Francais route. They've got the players to back that up. But like only Stade Francais can do that. I mean, I've mm. seen it in other clubs. I've seen Edinburgh try and do it for God's sakes. I've seen Bath in a pink camouflage. You know, you can't be Stade Francais. I do like. I guess the eighties vibe of the Bristol stash is all right. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's not the best. Newcastle stash is no good. Harlequins is, is a mm, actually no. Harlequins is, is rather awful. North, Northamptons is okay, and Worcesters isn't bad. Mm, I don't really like Worcesters. Mm. 
Well, it's all I a bit mean, negative. This I know it is a bit. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that there are some. Actually, Northamptons is 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 good for being classic. Exeter's is just plain, so fine. Can I can I point out something which is new, but I've really grown to like. Go on. And it's, it should have been in the international podcast, but it's not. It's in this one. Australia's welcome to country. Yes. Yeah, uh, are you down with this now? Um, that's all right. I, I missed it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I missed it the last few weeks. Actually, so, they've been doing it for they've they've been doing it for every game, haven't they? So something very strange happened with Australia's welcome to country. Was uh, it for the Netherlands or someone? <laughs> yeah. It, well, I, I actually missed that bit. It started off as most of these things do. As you know, a little bit of like, oh, uh, we you know we feel a bit awkward about our history. How can we put it right? Well, let's do a welcome to country or ask permission to play on this sacred land and yada 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 yada. Of course, it's a complete farce because they're never going to say no. You can't play. But then the people that have started giving the welcome to country have done a tremendous job, and it's turned into something which I was very dubious about. It's actually quite a nice thing. So this week we had um, a, like an an older bloke with a straw hat on. And all he told us to do was remind remind each other to enjoy the game. And I thought, yes, yes, in this horrible time where we're not allowed to do anything or go out or have any fun, I actually quite like having a bloke with a straw hat saying, enjoy yourself. And the most important thing is, remember, to enjoy yourself. No lecture, no nothing. No, enjoy yourself. It, no, but it wasn't even remember to enjoy yourself. It's rem- remember to remind yeah. other people. Or didn't he say... No. He said something which I just thought was a really nice message. Yeah. I didn't lecture me. He didn't he didn't do just said, enjoy yourself. I thought, yeah. We should have an old man do this every game. And luckily Australia do have an old man do this every game. They had one a few years maybe two years ago. I'm sure he tried to neck a pint. <laughs> I think that might be an ex Prime Minister of Australia. No, 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 no. It was de- he had he definitely had a beer. There was an ex-Prime Minister of Australia. No, no, no. This wasn't a, a welcome to country, but there was an ex-Prime Minister of Australia who was at a rugby game who was just being goaded by the crowd and just, yeah, I've and seen just, that one. And just necked his beer. He's, he's got a bit of a history of doing it, hasn't he? Has he? Is it rugby games, cricket games. Yeah, there, there is. I've seen a couple of videos of a former uh, Australian Prime Minister basically sculling beers. Hang on, welcome to country beer. You, you've been telling your brother that's his route to the top in Westminster. <laughs> Absolutely. It may, if I if I move to politics, that could be my little USP. Yeah. Let's <laughs> so try and find. Is it well? Is it called Welcome to Country? Don't no idea. Try and find Bob Hawke. Bob Hawke schools a beer at the SCG. Yeah, yeah that's the one. I'm all for now. Welcome to country. It is. It's turning into one of my favourite traditions. Well, I, on that, that lovely, lovely little touch with New Zealand before the hacker and the, the Maradona jersey. Nice touch. Yes, yeah, nice. Yeah. It was. It was nice. It was lots, yeah. There you go. Lots of nice things going on this weekend. Uh, a few quick fire questions before we're done. Uh, Mark Smith um, has tweeted us at Rugby Podcast. Which member of the Leicester coaching team uh, can they fire at halftime? Great question. It's <laughs> a good question. I'm not going to answer that. Uh, Paul Simmons tweeted um, to at Rugby Podcast, Matt Banahan announced his retirement at the end of the current season. What are your thoughts on his career? No, ret- when you retire, get that tattoo with your brother finished. Yes. Uh, what do I think of <laughs> Matt Banahan's career? Oh, he's done well. For, for a lad who started at the second row, that Toby Booth just spotted a little something in and uh, the London Irish Academy and said, come on, I reckon. Have you thought about, thought about wing, Matt? Well, it's a remarkable career, isn't it? I mean, and also, we say wing, 
But he's done everything. You know, he's done 12, 13, fullback, both 15. wings. You know, yeah. you know, for a guy who played second row, he makes a mockery out of the current trend of trying to specialise too much too much at one thing. Or does he prove what we already know, which is being massive helps at every position? <laughs> one of those two things is true. Uh, I'm sure he played 13 for England as well, didn't he? Probably. Probably. Uh, he was in Stuart Barnes's uh, upcoming future England team about 10 years ago. Yeah, when um, he was one of the people after Joe Nalomu had been such an incredible uh, specimen, he was one of the people England were looking to to maybe have that same effect. He's had a great career and um, a, a really lovely bloke as well. Uh, Gareth Morgan mm. tweeted, uh, I think we can all agree last week was a blip and it is indeed Gloucester's year until yeah. n- until next week. When it will no longer be Gloucester's year. Yeah. Which ironically yes. now starts to feel like that maybe is Gloucester's year. Maybe Gloucester's year is this. Maybe this maybe this year is Gloucester's year. No, it's definitely not, is it? They need two mm. more forwards, as is always the case. They need two more forwards. Yeah, especially with Pledry being out for a while. Oh, no, go on. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> um, should we do next week's game? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. What we got? So on Friday, we've got Bristol versus Northampton. It's hard to not say Bristol, right? Yeah, it's hard to not say it's Bristol at home. very hard. What about, though, what, what about Courtney's fit? Um, still no, still Bristol. And Harrison? Still Bristol. Okay. If, if, if Bigger was back, which he won't be, and Courtney was back, and Tamina was back... Uh, maybe and they were at home and and Bristol have none of their internationals and none of their talent hold on Northampton are away from home they've got a shot yes (laughs) maybe so Bristol Bristol Bristol. Leicester Exeter I can't imagine the bloodbath that this is going to be yeah I mean if a hard running back row can solve a lot of things they just can't solve anything which Exeter pose (laughs) Exeter. There's not many back rows in the world that can solve the Exeter problem. Yeah. What, what's your plan against Exeter, lads? Right, well, we're going to run our back rows as hard as we can at their back rows. By um, the way, yeah. Facundo Cordero is just doing uh, what Santiago Cordero did. And, um, and I yeah. could have had him instead of Josh Hodge, and look what I did. Yeah. Mm. Oh, in the fantasy rugby draft. Cheers, draft. Hodge. Cheers, yeah. Hodgey. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but not only that, do you remember what JB did immediately before he drafted Josh Hodge? Well, uh, what was something really smug. He did. He said, guys, this pickup, he actually announced before he did it, this is about to be an amazing pickup, and then picked Josh Hodge <laughs> and left Cordero out there. Terrible. Anyway, but no, what a, what a player he looks at fullback. Mm, who? Hodge. Cordero. Uh, Cordero. Cordero. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. fine. Not bothered. Um, so everyone's saying big Exeter win. Big, uh, no, I'm going to say Exeter by eight or forty. Not. I, I think at home Leicester will, will make make life hard. The question for me is: Do Exeter concede their first try of the season? Yeah, what is and it? I, they've conceded six points or something. Six, <laughs> six points so far. That's and ridiculous. I think, oh, it is I think so stupid. the answer is no. Exeter will not concede a try this weekend. Yep. Wasps Newcastle. Give me Newcastle. There you go. Said it. Wasps. Ooh. Give me Wasps. Wasps to correct the wrongs. And Newcastle have, have had two 
very hard fought close wins. They can't keep doing that forever. Mm, fair. Uh, Worcester Bath. I've got a soft spot for Worcester, but I, do I think as well. Bath. I think Bath are gonna. They're gonna have to win. They've got I wish, too much talent not to win. Yeah. I wish I could separate the admiration I have for Bath's talent from the disdain I have for Bath's team. <laughs> I mean, I can't look past the names, but then I think you've you, you've got to because they're they're so terrible when they're together. Hmm. <laughs> Tough one, isn't it? It is. Uh, I'm going to go for a narrow Bath win. Yeah, me too. And what, any, uh, is that it? Oh no! Sun, Sunday, we've got London Irish hosting Sale in, Brent, in Brentford. Sale, Sale have to win. No, no, they don't have to win. They will win. They will. They will take their gigantic, powerful pack and exactly what London Irish don't have. Sale have bags of, and they will batter them. It's going to be Sale by twenty points. I think Sale will win, and I think it will be a forward-dominated win. Hopefully, Sale can do something intelligent with their kicking. Just anything intelligent with their kicking. Yes, yeah. quite. And then, oh, I guess this is going to be a tri-fest on paper, isn't yeah. it? It'll be an interesting one, this this final game. J- straight after England-France, Gloucester-Harlequins, 4-15 on Sunday. Ooh, interesting. Uh, this fa- is where to have your fantasy rugby draft players from this matchup. <laughs> Neither yeah. team really likes defending. Both teams like attacking. Um, yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be six all. <laughs> Don't know. Mm. Give me Quins. I, am... I think Quins have a little bit more substance to them. Yeah. Yeah. My my thinking around these two teams before the season started was the Quins were the slightly better team. Um, both teams have well, one, one, one lost one, been battered in one, and. and putting a good performance in one. Um, so I'm just not going to change my original pre, uh, pre-premiership pre thinking that Quinns are a marginally better team and they'll win this. And I will I will go along with that and say that we're going to see <clears throat> in this new season, uh, I talked about Andre Esterhazen, Joe Marchant's back. Uh, he, came, he had a little bit of time off the bench and uh, that is a pretty special combo outside Danny Kerr and uh, Marcus Smith. That combo of centres yes. could... I like Northmore, so though, don't, don't you? I mean, no, he, he's done well. He looked he looked good. He's not Joe Marchant. He's, he's, yeah, Joe Marchant is different kettle of fish. So. Mm. And he's in my fantasy rugby draft team, so... <laughs> uh, yes, excellent. Excellent. Good. I'm looking forward to that one. Straight after England-France. So even if England-France isn't a great entertaining game, then um, Boom. Tries galore in that one is what we're predicting, and I'll go for Quinns as well. I think, and that rounds off um, this podcast. Uh, remember, we've got another one in our feed already. Um, whether it's at Rugby Dungeon or whatever, you can find loads of interviews uh, that JB's been doing. You can find his uh, Rugby Pass article and uh, various other bits and bobs. You've been very restrained on Twitter lately, JB. Uh, you haven't been talking politics and stuff that much. There's nothing to talk about, is there? Really? No. I mean, like. Just crack on with your own little civil disobedience in your own time and in your own way. I mean, I, I can't. Who do I criticise now? Uh, you know, I, 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 I hate everything. I hate everything. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just down. Do you know what? I think, I think everyone's going to stop tweeting about politics very soon. 
Because I think now that Donald Trump has been removed, nobody he, he, really cares. He, he hasn't been removed. Okay, soon to be removed. Do, do you know, I actually have, uh, about six weeks ago, I put a bet on Trump being the next president. What, after Joe Biden? No, being, being the president That's mental this time around. But uh, hold on. I, I saw what was coming with the with the allegations of, of all the fraud and stuff. I put a couple of quid on. I stand to make 500 quid if he does. I put a first for like a £2 bet. It was well, a thousand to one, and I went, yeah, I'll have that. I think that's, I think that's overpriced or underpriced, whichever one it is. Um, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, that's meant, but here's, here is my thing. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, no one's the, got anyone, anything to talk about anymore. The, yeah, the world is addicted to politics. Addicted to him. Yeah, they were addicted to him. And I wonder if all of these people who are making such a living out of Donald Trump being in, being in politics, is gonna have, they're going to have nothing to do because nobody cares now. What's CNN going to do? What is anyone going to do? What is anyone going to do? What is anyone going to do? Yeah. So we're going to have to... Find, Watch rugby! Yeah, we're going to have to find our own hobbies and talk to our friends. And I think and, that this could be the resurgence of rugby. Donald Trump leaving means direct co- correlation and causation with rugby becoming a superpower force in America and around the world. Yeah, like you, you'll ask people in stadiums why they're like why they're there, and they'll say, "Well, I just fell out of love with um, fo- like following the Democratic Fifth District of of, <laughs> of New York. It no it no longer has the draw that it, draw, draw that it used to." So yeah, I, I can see I I can see that. So yeah, I don't know. I just haven't really felt like tweeting. But he is at JB Moore. I'm at Cocker. Phil's lurking, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye bye. 